Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by Puffy Bunny's Rainbow Crisp Cereal. Let the satanic ballet commence. My name's Aaron, here are my personal pals, Brick. Hello. Hi, and Nico. Hello. Hello. Today, we're taking a walk on the dark side on podcasts. On podcasts, on Yak Babies. Oh my god, okay, starting over. <laughs> That's it. Unraveled. <laughs> Should I call it podcast from now on? What's happening on podcast? Oh boy. Okay. Let's try this again. Three, two. The Yak Babies. Sex, presidents, and sometimes books. Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by Puffy Bunny's Rainbow Crisp Cereal, let the satanic ballet commence. My name's Aaron, and here are my personal pals, Brick. Hello. Hello. And we have Nico. Hello. Ah, uh, yes. Hello to you as well. Folks, today on Yak Babies, we're taking a walk on the dark side. We're talking about antagonists, the bad guys in stories. I guess bad guys is a reductive term. But, you know, the people you're not supposed to root for. These sort of alternative to your protagonist. Memorable ones, things that are stuck in our memory from our reading pasts. We talk a lot about the heroes. What about the villains these stories? Brick, let's hear from you. What's a, Do you have an antagonist that springs to mind? I can think of one for you. I don't know if you're going to say it. I'm, I'm not going to say it, but we can, we, can, okay. we can get that out of It's it. definitely a good one, though. I'm also not sure he's an antagonist as so much as a just... I think he is. He's just a bad guy protagonist. But, is it Dave? Yeah. I, I, I well, assume you're also talking about Humbert Humbert. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That might be a... We're gonna we're gonna talk about Lolita when that day finishes it, so we'll, we'll save that. But no, that wasn't my eventually. Favorite. Yeah, so in in twenty twenty seven. He does not like that book. <laughs> I don't blame him. So is there another one? Yeah. On? So I picked maybe a little esoteric pick. I, th- I think I mentioned this book once or twice in the past. The, the book is called "The Way We Live Now" by Anthony Trollope. It's kind of like a late oh, yeah. Victorian. It was towards the end of that kind of period of, of books being serialized in newspapers, and then. You know, collected into novels. He was famous for yeah. other books. The um, uh, what was the series? The I forget the name of his his famous series. There's like seven or eight books in it. But anyway, this is this is separate. This book is about and so the the antagonist name is Augustus Melmot. And and so mm-hmm. the context I brought this up in before is it it kind of has some some maybe prescient parallels to to the Trump era. Uh, a few hundred years early, but the, the the crux of the book is it's it's kind of the whole book kind of takes place in in London high society mm. with either people who are, you know, maybe in the arist uh, uh, aristocracy but not mega rich or uh, in the middle class of the era and trying to push their way in and 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 you know the bourgeoisie and stuff like that. This kind of supposedly Frenchman who is maybe Jewish comes into town. He sort of is able to kind of bring with him this kind of air of mystery, but also this kind of reputation for being a good businessman and all this. And he essentially starts a company that's going to build a railroad in America, uh, I think connecting uh, like Mexico to California or something or Nevada or something. And he starts selling shares of the company and everyone in London is like falling over themselves to be at this guy's party and to get into his share, uh, into his good graces and to buy shares of his company and all this. And then as the book goes on, you know, it's a London, I mean, a Victorian serialized book. So there's like 
30 characters and sometimes they all get their own chapters. He's not, he's not always right in there. But as the book goes on, it becomes apparent that like it's all a grift. Like this guy's a con man. Mm. And eventually different characters start to figure out that he's a con man. And a lot of the book is around them. Like no one's going to call him out for it because no one wants to be the person that badmouths this guy in public because he is, he is sort of like the, front and center of, of what's going on in, in society and no one wants to look like they're crossing him right because he is he's kind of a bit of a kingmaker he ends up actually in parliament somehow and all this and he is the way the book he is not the most prominent character in the book like as far as being on the page and being characterization a lot of the book you know he exists sort of through through the conversations or the perceptions of the other character, the book does a great job of making him this kind of like larger than like figment of society. And then when he is depicted in the book, mm. he's not some kind of villain, you know, twiddling his fingers or whatever. It, 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 it's it's right. done really well. And I really liked the way it's depicted where he's, he is a villain, right? He is taking a lot of people for, for their money, but uh, the way it's done, it's, it's almost like the idea of him as the villain as opposed to the, the person, which uh, I really like. And it's a book that doesn't get talked about very much, and it's a very good book, even though it's like 600 pages. It's worth the read. Right. The, so the, what you're referring to, the, the series that Trollope is known for, is the Chronicles of Barsetshire? Barchester Towers, that's right. Yeah, the first one's called The Warden. Th- okay, those yeah. are good books, too. Those are a little more in the like Jane Eyre kind of mold. Uh, where they're more like yeah, I just want to read through the titles pastoral of books because they are the most yeah, they're the most English shit you could imagine. Like the titles are the warden. Okay, not bad. Next one, Barchester Towers. Yep. Very English yep. sounds very <laughs> like as stu- like stuffy as possible. Doctor Thorne is the third one. Then four, Framley Parsonage. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the small house at Ailington, and the last one is the last chronicle of Barsa. It's just so like the. Like I read, I uh, read. It's, is yeah, off. it's super duper British. I read. Yeah. I don't know if I read the whole series, but I read quite a bit of them because I I really like that period of of book. Yeah, they're pretty good. It's essentially. And you if, also if, are if, a I'm also, lord, right? You have a yeah. You're a yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I vote. I vote my conscience. <laughs> right. uh, the way we live now is a little different than those, um, but you know, sim- similarly, mm. those books are like a very nice way if you want to kind of have a a low. A low kind of uh, like leisurely dip in and out two to four thousand pages worth of worth of stuff you know it's, it's kind of like Downton Abbey you know there's like different dramas right. that go on in the thing and you know it's all about you know some chapters about people on this side of town and then we're on the other side of the parsonage or whatever there's there's something relaxing about those books he's a good author uh, that doesn't get, yeah. you know, we'll talk about, I, he wasn't my pick for underrated author but now that I think about it uh, when we do that episode he might be worth a mention because he doesn't you know, you don't talk about Trollope. I mean, he's famous, but not like you talk about Dickens or the, the Brontes or whatever. Yeah, it's more of a name right. you've, you've read in passing. Apparently he... We should, we should do a whole series. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about Trollope separately. I, I read somewhere once that Anthony Trollope is also credited with inventing the mailbox. Whoa. And I don't I don't know if that... I gotta. That's a thing that just popped into my head from years ago. So I, I don't know if that's apocryphal or what, but I believe he invented the... The mailbox, like, on your house? No, the, like the... Like drop? The drop box, so, like... The red in America, tower. Yeah, the, the red towers in England, uh, which, you know, in America are those blue kind of round things. Right. Apparently the red towers in London, like the idea of it and the design was, was also Anthony Trollope. So that's his other claim to fame besides writing. A lot. Okay. 
Okay, so he designed the red towers. He didn't invent the mailbox. Uh, this is a, this that is, that I, seems more credible. I'd have to me. look it up. This is a thing I just remembered from years ago. So I'm sure if you Google it, there's something about him uh, being at the origin point of like public mail drops. I hope this is just totally made yeah. up. This is like some nonsense that your brain has <laughs> a like thing, A thing I fucking out. dreamed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nico, let's hear from you. I'll look oh, it up while you guys talk. No, I'll look up the mailbox yeah. thing while someone else talks. Yeah, report back. Nico, yeah. tell us about some of your... I've got the page. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we're, we're fully in mailcast now. <laughs> Mail babies. I heard on a, on a fantasy football podcast the other day that Fran Tarkenton came out and said he invented scrambling. Same thing. It's like, I invented the mailbox. Okay. Okay, Grandpa. <laughs> All right, so I find a couple of different kinds of antagonists really satisfying. So one is the monster mm. that you just hate and that you just want to see get their comeuppance. The Expanse books and the TV show are really good at doing that. They do. They have a couple of different just fucking monsters in their in their uh, series, and you that you're just rooting for them to die, mm. and you just want this person to die so much. And that that's like one of the great pleasures of that series, I feel like, is they just make such and they make they make them like where you can see their point of view, but their point of view is just gross. And they're they're like, well, this is why we have to murder like a billion people, because like, that's the only way we can get and you're like, fucking God damn it. Right. And I, I mean, I think, you know, movies like Science of the Lambs are like that. And there's a there's you know, obviously a long history of monsters, but right. that's that's definitely one. There's a book I read recently called The Change by Kirsten Miller that you would think is just kind of absurd. It's like these three women who go through menopause and that's the change and they they all develop supernatural powers and they use them to get revenge on a series of a series of shitty men in their lives okay. like their bosses, their ex-husbands, all this shit. And it's just it's just like purely satisfying. It's like here's this asshole he like never credited his wife for doing anything and she just fucks his life up <laughs> and it's like yeah it's like satisfying. the first wives they, club cross with the x-men <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's just pure revenge it's just they just do it over and over and over and over um and then the the other kind of i, I guess there's another another one where like gone girl yeah is a, is a really good one yeah. where they're both kind of assholes. Like everybody sucks and you're kind of on the the side of the Ben Affleck character, but you kind of see his wife's point of view too. And you're like, you guys deserve each other because you are terrible. Yeah. You're both terrible. Yeah. And then there's another one where it's like, it happens a lot in fantasy books where it's uh, kind of just a political faction. It's like the, the political, it's just a different family or a different, you know, kingdom or whatever. Right. And sometimes they're, worse sometimes it's like nobody's really worse it's just they're just fighting over this land and like you are on the side of the people whose perspective you have and the big brandon sanderson series does does this kind of thing like there are multiple families that are kind of dune like like they're they are go to this weird place and they're fighting over the resources that they're trying to colonize so there's multiple political factions that are fighting and then you also get the the perspective of the like monsters who live in this in the 
Shattered Plains. And I think in like the third book, you start getting their perspective Mm. and they're like not just these unthinking monsters. They have like their own culture and all this kind of shit. And they're just like trying to defend their their land from the colonizers. And that kind of recontextualizes things. And then they turn from this, this faceless antagonist to another faction like that's pretty much another protagonist yeah yeah it's a good one that kind of like the yeah. sort of reverse colonial angle where you see like the faceless you know the alien horde or whatever as having like their own interests and that's like a starship troopers thing right or with the movie version i guess not the book where it's essentially the space marines are the ones you're rooting for or whatever but then it turns out they're just like the invading force and the bugs just like want to have their own society and they like they're intelligent and have art or whatever right yeah, yeah. i was thinking through this and yeah. the ones that came to mind for me so the, the first that came to mind strangely i'm not sure why this is the case uh but was jason compson from sound the fury which i haven't ever reread i read it in college and loved it jesus I haven't ever revisited it it's a book i think is an amazing book but jason just like stands out as like the ultimate protagonist antagonist for me for some reason because he's like a satanic figure like he's just like the worst person you know he's the the bad brother so quentin is the good brother who kills himself uh by jumping off the harvard bridge and caddy is the like idolized sexualized sister and then jason is like the like the satanic figure sort of being struck by how evil that kid is uh in that book and and it made an impact on me but another one that uh from a more recent yak baby's collective read is jack from lord of the flies Mm. just a a pure villain someone who fits into one of the categories you're talking about nico like the monster in some ways where he like he's the one who has the right ideas about or uh, you know he wants to organize the island wants to survive but he's also mm-hmm. a sociopath and a sadist like he's just the worst right. right and i remember hating jack you know reading that novel was such a like he's just like he fucking hate that kid he's such a pain in the ass yeah and also being afraid yeah. of jacks like i was like as a kid i feel like i was afraid yeah. of kids like that who were charismatic and mean and cruel yeah and seemed to to get people to go their way. It just like really always upset me and bugged me. I was very much a piggy, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah, when they're Pathetic and when they're the charming <laughs> when they're the charming sociopath, it's it's so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, and every time they appear, it's like, ah, oh, what is this motherfucker gonna do now? Yeah, and have to deal with this fucker. Yeah. yeah, one of the best in the expanse is a character named Marco Inaras, who is. He's like one of the main characters, ex-husband, and like she has a kid with them, and he leads this rebellion from that, like this anti-Earth rebellion. And what they decide to do is just start throwing meteors at Earth. Mm. So, so like they just literally, and then every meteor that hits kills like a hundred million people. So he's literally killing, killing billions of people, ruining Earth, and. He is still like, well, this is what we have to do. I mean, they're not going to list it. And you're like, what, you motherfucker. (laughs) But it's the same kind of Jack character. Yeah. It's like, and somehow people just fucking love him. Yeah. Cruel, sadistic, but compelling. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, reading comics and superhero comics, especially, you know, there's tons of good bad guys in comics that people have talked endlessly about Dr. Doom as like the ultimate villain, which is probably true and stuff like that. But I specifically have always liked Grant Morrison's depiction of basically Satan, but in the various forms of like Darkseid, who's the new God's bad guy. And this other guy called Dr. Hurt, who's one of a, like a Batman villain. It's like a it's kind of like long arc from the late two thousands where he, or 2010s rather, where he was turning this sort of story into like, well, basically what would happen if Batman had to fight Satan across time? And it just like 
it's very Grant Morrison and it rules. But yeah. I also kept thinking of books I like. So we, we opened by my suggesting that Brick's pick would be Humbert Humbert, you know, as the a protagonist who is also an antagonist, I think at least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean right. It's just like we'll, yeah. we'll get to it in the episode, but yes. Yeah. It's writing the book from prison. Right. <laughs> and lots of books I you know, in the literary sort of fiction realm, lots of books that I have loved, the protagonists are also the antagonists, kind of. Like I was thinking about Goodbye Columbus and Neil is kind of the antagonist. He's the he's a piece of shit. Like he gets in his own way. He actively thwarts his own interests. He's rude. He's selfish. And like things you would like he's not a good person necessarily. Yeah, yeah but I I don't think antagonist and protagonist comes down to the good guy and the bad guy, right? It's really about their their structural role in the push and pull of the conflict. Right. And so I guess what I'm saying is that in like books like that, the kind of books I've liked like Go by Columbus and Under the Volcano, for instance, where there really is no antagonist. It's like a man versus right. himself kind of thing. Then mm-hmm. like the the hero character, the narrator character becomes both. And so, yeah, you are rooting for them for sure. They're the the person who the novel is sort of built around. But, you know, Furman, the consul, Jeffrey Furman in Under the Volcano is definitely the antagonist too because he's fucking everything up. He can't stop drinking. Right. And I like those. I like that. You know, I like the comic book villains too and I like genre fiction for sure. But I also like those protagonists who are just yeah. like shitty and fail i wonder why hmm. mm-hmm. why would i be <laughs> yeah. drawn to someone who's a failure <laughs> <laughs> yeah and at, like most unreliable narrators it's that kind of uh like the the progression of the story is you realizing that they're actually the the bad guy right. and they and like they do i you can have an antagonist like be the main character i think they have yeah, different arcs sure. so even if they are kind of the mm-hmm. an antagonist could just be like a protagonist who never figures his shit out and never sure. like changes in the end and it just spins up the same cycle again yeah gone girl yeah yeah totally and that's uh gone girl is a case where both of the characters are both protagonists and antagonists as they both narrate and they're both yeah. like telling the story but they're also yeah. both bad people both terrible yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. They just and the end is they just accept their terribleness. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, not going to make anything better. Yeah, like we might as well be together because like we can't like we're we're too bad to exist in the world without each other. Basically, yeah. I think Thanos is a pretty good comic book yeah. antagonist. Yeah, and I would you know I guess like the nerd answer is that I think in the comics he's even better than the movies version. The movie version is great. Yeah. I think mean, he yeah. he works really well, but the Thanos's drive in the comics is not so the, the movie version Thanos wants to kill half the universe to balance out the scales and like make more resources right and the critique of that yeah that's valid is like if he can do anything with the infinity gauntlet why not just make more resources but it's double the resources sure storytelling yeah. it would have to be that that's whatever that's comics right but in the comic he wants to kill half the universe because he's in love with death and wants to impress her and so he's like a simp trying really hard to get death to notice him. And so he's like, what if I get the most powerful device in the universe and kill half of everyone without, he's would you want to fuck me then? Yeah. And death is like, not really. Notice me senpai. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like an incel trying really hard to like <laughs> talk to a girl. And like, girl is like, I'm interested in the chat yeah. over here, which is like whatever eternity. And so it's like a, in a, it's a good, cause he yeah. seems pathetic when you see him like groveling at death and trying to get her attention and death is like depicted as like a skeleton woman it's like oh yeah this guy's like really yeah like needs to just like yeah. get laid and move on but then he's also you know he's like the devil of 
the Marvel universe. He like he was like, well, let them fight. I'll just kill everyone, and we'll yeah. see what happens then. So yeah, definitely a good yeah. villain for sure with cool motivations. And like Magneto is the classic one that's like the relatable villain. Like Magneto, especially once they added the sort of Holocaust survivor yeah. narrative onto that character. That's one someone you truly understand you know his motives and like magneto was right became like a thing in comics and yeah. like magneto kind of is right to some extent uh yeah, yeah. and the the whole civil war storyline is kind of the political the political parties thing yeah it's like you it's like which one is right i fuck i don't know but like they kind of you know bounce off each other in that same way yeah exactly and you have to you know you can choose your allegiance and sort of yeah. follow the plot that way but you see like why each one has their motivations yeah. and what that might lead it's to. It's a tough question to um, answer. You know, too. as <laughs> yeah, well, it like tests your politics. Like I remember reading it when I was in, I guess that came out 2005, yeah. 2006, I think uh, when the comic came out. So I was like just moving to Boston and I was, you know, whatever, 23 and knew what I believed in, but still sort of like yeah. callow and some, ex- to some extent. And I was like, Captain America is right. Like they're, you should have to register to be a superhero. Like that's the that's the fascist answer. And then it's like, right? I'm pro yeah. gun registration. <laughs> like, right? Like, <laughs> like I'm fully in favor of regulation, and like I like I believe in the like ability of the government to regulate society. Yeah. So, so like having this like libertarian argument about Captain America is like, oh, I just like Captain America. Right. That's what I'm responding yeah. to. I think he's cool. <laughs> yeah. Those are good. So listeners, let's hear about your memorable antagonists. Those. Bad characters. You oh, I gotta play. hang on. I gotta oh. I gotta report back oh, on update. Anthony Trollope here. Yeah. Yes. Beep, 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 beep. All right. So it turns out Anthony Trollope, who wrote a lot of books, uh, was moonlighting as an author, and his real job was he was relatively high up in the British Post Office. <laughs> wow. Okay. And so, so did he in fact invent those towers? Yes. And while he didn't design them, he. He was the one because prior to him being in whatever position he was in, if you wanted to mail something you had to go to a post office and what he did was decided we should have these standardized way stations that are along the mail routes so that we can more efficiently have people drop off mail and pick them up so he he invented the concept of like standardized uh mailboxes interesting well now we know oh speaking of antagonists Mm. we watched a few good men last night that's an interesting antagonist movie good one yeah because then like jasip is obviously the bad guy but like the two Marines that do it get like dishonorably discharged and like their lives are ruined. And Kevin Pollock is there the entire time. Like these are not good guys. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's so interesting. Jessup is, layers. Yeah. Jessup is a good villain. Yeah. And that might be uh, not best, but like maybe top five Nicholson performances. He's so fucking good in that movie. Yeah. Just like spitting, spitting venom at the end. It's a good movie. Like, you yeah, want like me on the, that wall. <laughs> yeah, that whole speech, speech became a joke, right? It became sort of like a pop culture thing because it was just so like you know everyone. It's so Aaron talk Sorkin. shows joked on or whatever, yeah, and multiple parodies of it. It's like a very easily parodable thing. But when you watch it again, you're like, no, it it is really fucking good. Like, yeah. there's a reason why it became so parody because it's like striking, and his he's so he's in that performance, man. Like yeah. he's giving everything into and it. And the conflict and like the whole thing and like Tom Cruise is like, I'm going to be the douchiest I can be to pull him out because he hates yeah. the douchey part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cruz is good too. Cruz yeah. is really good in that movie. Yeah. Rob Reiner, man, he made like nine movies in a row that are like all like bangers. Like That's what he, we were talking about, yeah. It's like Princess Bride. And Spinal crazy. Tap. Yeah. When Harry Met Sally, Misery, yeah. A Few Good Men. There's a couple others I'm forgetting. It's wild. Uh, that are all like classics. Oh, uh, fucking Stand By Me. Yeah. And then falls off a cliff. Then did <laughs> like, the year 2000 hits and he's just... 
nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even before that, I think he made North, and that was like a famous uh, bomb, yeah. right? And it was just like, whoa, this guy is yeah off the track and he never recovers like, now he never makes anything worth yeah him after that now he's just like guest starring in new girl <laughs> it's so weird yeah. watching him yeah. like and it's like well, jesus like, this guy's career yeah. is insane yeah it's wild like spinal tab princess bride harry met sally are all like genre defining movies like yeah. they, they're like in the top five of those genres filmically like uh, it's a meat it's just yeah it's i mean he picked his writers well right like i mean aaron sorkin's like breakout movie Nora Ephron's yeah. like didn't she write When Harry Met Sally yeah totally yeah like these kind of like titans and the, like their you know first first kind of breakouts yeah I mean even caught, like Christopher Guest and early. Harry Shearer and Michael McKean like yeah. they were TV guys and sketch guys and stuff but they weren't like household names necessarily yeah. at that time and they you know Spinal Tap sort of helped them emerge more popularly yeah absolutely he like has a when did Spinal Tap come out 80 I'm gonna guess 80s I'm going to guess 80. I'm going to say 1980. 1980? No, 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 no. Was that early? I feel like it's early I 80s. Would get, or maybe 82, something like that. 84. Okay. All right. Yeah, because Christopher Guest is in A Few Good Men. <laughs> oh, is he? That's cool. He's the doctor. That, oh, wow. is, is the episode the still reports. going? Are we just talking or is it we still on it? What's yeah, happening? <laughs> just this, well, just this, uh, this should be Patreon chatter. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. we'll, see, we'll see where it ends up. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, it is a crazy, it was a crazy, it's weird watching one of those, like, huge movies, like, because all of those, like, everybody in that, every single person in that movie is, like, you recognize, like, most of them, like, Christopher yeah. Gast, Kiefer Sutherland is, like, just the dude, the, Kevin Bacon is the prosecutor, Noah Wiley is just a dude who, like, yes. drives them around in like one scene it's like what the fuck <laughs> yeah no it's insane it's like this strange yeah. zeitgeist movie that just like captured a moment when these all talented people came together and did this thing yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's wild it's a good movie that's why i want that uh, for the explosion i want to i want to watch that uh that movie about ann perry oh have the creatures that, yeah i sent you guys the link it's like I so it's the, the ant i remember it from when I you saw it <laughs> I, I saw it when I was like seventeen or whatever. I don't remember very well. Right. Yeah, when it came out in like ninety four. Yeah. But like, I mean, unbelievable. So it's about Ann Perry who beat her friend's mo- mother to death with a brick in New Zealand in yeah. nineteen fifty four, and then went on to become like a hugely famous. Like she just died, so like that's why it's like back on everybody's. But then, the weirdest part to me is like so Peter Jackson directs it, Kate Winslet's in it, and then Melanie Linsky is in it. And it's like, yeah. I didn't, I had never heard of Melanie Linsky before five years ago. And here she is 30 years ago in this like weird New Zealand biopic. Yeah. I've got a Mondo crush on Melanie Linsky. So we can, we can watch that movie and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk. She's like 13. About how is. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, listeners. Uh, I don't know what you just heard, but uh, <laughs> if you listen to a, digression at rob writer that's awesome if not look for the patreon where we talk about that tell us your thoughts on antagonists you can email us at yakbabiespodcast at gmail.com and yeah do find us on patreon patreon.com slash yakbabies where you can get chats like that where we sort of dug into rob writer's filmography briefly and also melody linsky hot or not the answer is hot there's also <laughs> chats and brother bros and there's separate podcasts about candy and scary jokes ghost jokes it's a whole it's a it's a smorgasbord of fun there for one dollar a month you can get access to all of it 
And then we have merch at tinyurl.com slash jackbabies where you can get t-shirts and posters and mugs, all designed by Brick, very, very funny and worth your dollars. Until then, Yak Babies, yakking off. The Yak Babies would like to thank all the loyal listeners, and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael, Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft. Oh.